first I want to say thanks for having me tonight. Uh, those of you who don't know me, my name is Marty Walker. I'm the senior pastor here. I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, I have been uh, in our church now 28 years. I've been pastoring here. And uh, started as a children's youth pastor, and now I'm a senior pastor, and I, I love people. Uh, I like to call them sheeple. I, I love sheep, so uh, I'm so glad to be with you. I'm going to share a story with you uh, tonight in the Old Testament. So if you have your Bibles, grab those. Uh, I'm going to be starting in Second Chronicles. Chronicles? Like Narnia or something, right? Second Chronicles. I'm in the Old Testament, okay? So if, you're, if you get to the book of Psalms, just turn left and left again. All right, there's, there's these four books. There's two called First and Second Kings, and then two more called First and Second Chronicles. They kind of tell the same story, kind of paralleling, but just from different angles. I'm going to tell one of those stories tonight about a king, a young man who became king. I'm in Second Chronicles. Uh, I'm on page 371, if that helps. Probably not. Okay. Uh, in 2 Chronicles chapter 24, I'm going to be reading just three verses here, okay? So we'll start with just three verses. We should be able to handle that, right? This is a, a guy named Joash. Get Joash in Gia. Okay. Joash. Here it comes. Joash. Somebody missed it, right? Okay. Joash was seven years old. Listen to this. He's seven years old when he becomes a king, and he reigns in Jerusalem for 40 years. That makes him 47, for those of you who got math there, okay? His mother is Zibia from Beersheba, and listen to this. We're, now we're done with Joash, with his family on. Here it comes, verse 2. Here's the second verse. Joash did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. Here's, here's the phrase I want you to hold on to. Throughout the lifetime of Jehoiada, the priest... Jehoiada chose wives for Joash, and he had sons and daughters. So let me give you a little background here. Joash, this is, uh, you know, so you're in Jerusalem, and, and uh, very quick background, okay? So uh, you have David. Everybody heard of King David? Oh, King, king David's this big king. He unites all of Israel. And then Solomon, his son, takes over, right? And then uh, he has a son named Rehoboam. Okay, Rehoboam, and he has this little conflict with a guy named Jeroboam. Now, why God chose to have two people with names so close to each other it really frustrates me sometimes, but Rehoboam and Jeroboam, they have this little conflict, and Jerry comes to Ray, and he says, hey, Ray, listen, your dad was a punk, and would you mind just taking it easy on us, you know, and we'll serve you. And Ray, Solomon's son, because he's a ray of sunshine, right? Solomon, right? So Ray says, well, let me check with my advisor. So he goes to his dad's advisors, and he says, hey, Jerry just came, and he said that dad was really hard on them. What do you think I should do? And the advisors, Solomon's cronies, right? Solomon, they go, you know what? He was a punk. You should probably really just take it easy on them. And that, they would serve you well. And he goes, okay. Then he goes with his school buddies, his peers. He goes, hey, Jerry showed up at the palace today. He said my dad was a punk, and, and they want me to take it easy. What do you think I should do? And they go, and, and the, the words are like this. He says, man, if you're, if you're, you just tell them your dad's, your, your thigh is bigger than your dad's pinky or something like that. It's, it's just crazy, crazy talk. And so Solomon's son, Rehoboam, says, I'm going to treat you poorly. And what happens at that moment, all that David put together, all that Solomon put together, gets split up. And now we have what's called the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom. Not real important, but it needs to set the stage for tonight. Because there's two kingdoms happening in Israel. 
And, and one of the kings is on this side, Joash, and then there's another one that's there's in Jerusalem. There are all these, these kingdoms are happening, but Joash is one of the kings. Well, this is the infighting goes on. Here's what happens in Joash's family. Joash's dad is the king, right? And his grandmother... So everybody catching the family line here? Joash is a little boy, right? He's just a baby at the time, but we're catching him at seven years old. He's just an infant, and his father dies. The king dies. So the king's mother slaughters all of her children. (laughs) She kills them all, and she kills even the babies, except Joash was taken from his mother and hidden in the temple. There's a church here in Jerusalem. He's hidden from them, and so the grandmother becomes queen. And so now she's reigning queen because she's killed off anybody that could be king or queen, and she's like ruled by authority and power, okay? Well, she dies, and they bring Joash out. They bring Joash out, and they kill the queen. They say, this is the rightful king. That's why he's so young, because it took him seven years, and he's being hanging out. So watch this. This is the second part of it. Just turn to the left to 2 Kings chapter 12. We're going to kind of pick up the same story. In, in chapter 12, it's just over just a couple books here. We're in 2 Chronicles. You go to 1 Chronicles and then 2 Kings. Watch this. 2 Kings chapter 12 kind of tells the same story, but in a different angle. Joash, we just read about him, right? Began to rule over Judah in the seventh year of Jehu. That's the other king, the other side of, of Israel, right? In his reign, he, Jehu is running with Jerry, Jeroboam, that side, right? Okay. And he reigned in Jerusalem for 40 years. We already knew that. His mother was Zibiah. We already knew that. And all his life he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight because, listen to this, Jehoiada the priest instructed him. So we've learned a couple things in these two places. First, we found out that uh, he, Jehoiada the priest, he did everything that was pleasing in the sight of the Lord throughout the lifetime of Jehoiada the priest. That's what we learned in Second Chronicles, right? And then in Second Kings, we find out that Jehoiada the priest was the instructor, So Jehoiada is standing by. He's the priest that saved his life from his grandmother, okay? So here's Joash. He's doing this. And then coming back over to 2 Chronicles, it says that Jehoiada chose two wives for Joash. He had sons and daughters. I mean, this guy was so controlling of Joash and making sure that Joash was making all the right decisions, he even chooses his wives. Here's who you should marry. Hey, it's time to have a kid. You should probably have a kid. Hey, do this. Hey, do that. Hey, do. He's constantly telling Joash what to do. And so what happens is Joash makes the decisions that Jehoiada the priest was actually making. Everybody following that? So that's what's going on is we got this priest who's going, this is a good decision. Make this decision. He goes, I make this decision as king. And then he says, you should marry this woman. I'm going to marry that woman. Right? He says, we should have a parade. I'm going to have a parade. Right? This is the way this works. And, and he does this for 40 years under Jehoiada's instructions. Jehoiada whispers something in his ear. The king says, this is what we're going to do. It's working pretty well. Seems to work really well. Now, keep in mind, again, Jehoiada is the priest that rescued him from death. He brings him to the temple and raises him in the temple from infancy through seven years old, and then for the next 40 years, instructs him on what to do and how to do it. He's got a tutor. He's got someone by him all the time. 
saying, hey, this is a good decision, this is a bad decision, this is a good decision, this is a bad decision. At one point, they take on this project, and they say, you know what, the temple's all run down, we gotta refix it, you know, we're kind of refurbish it, kind of, kind of rejuvenate the life around here, plaster the walls here, put some paint up here, hang a painting, you know, the kind of thing. And he says, let's collect money, that's what we should do. And you know what Joash does? Exactly as Jehoiada told him to do. As long as Jehoiada's around, this is what we're hearing, as long as Jehoiada's around, Joash is making the right decisions. But what happens if Jehoiada's not around? Then what's going to happen? Right? So watch this. Coming back to 2 Chronicles 24, because that's where we started, right? 2 Chronicles 24. Listen to this. I'm just going to read you a little bit of that story. Uh, I'm going I'm to read these. Uh, verse 17, 2 Chronicles chapter 24, verse 17, and I'm going to read right through verse 22. After Jehoiada's death, that was our question, right? What happens when Jehoiada's not around? Watch this. After Jehoiada's death, the leaders of Judah come and they bow before King Joash. And they persuade him to listen to their advice. I bet you that wasn't very hard, huh? <laughs> he was used to doing it with Jehoiada. So a bunch of other guys come and say, hey, you ought to listen to what we say. Okay, I'm listening. Watch this. They decided to abandon the temple of the Lord. Why are we spending all that money on that building? This is the dumbest idea I've ever come up with yet, right? Abandoned the temple of the Lord, the, the God of their ancestors, and they worshiped Asherah poles and idols instead. And because of this sin, anger fell upon uh, the, the, uh, Judah and Jerusalem. And yet the Lord sent prophets to bring them back. So the prophets are going, hey, bad idea, bad idea. But Joash is going, but they told me to do it. Right? He's just following orders, right? These, these are what my, my buddies are telling me. We should do this. He sends prophets to warn them to bring them back. And the prophets warned them, but the people wouldn't listen. Then picking this up in verse 20, he says this. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada. So here's Joash's stepbrother. Catch that? This is the son of the man who saved my life. I'm Joash, right? So the man who saved my life and brought me to the temple, this is his son, Zechariah. Listen what happens. It says, the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada the priest, and he stands before the people, and he says this, hey, you guys, this is like really a bad idea. I think we should like cease and desist. This is not good. We shouldn't be doing this, right? This is what God says. Why do you disobey the Lord's commands and keep yourselves from prospering? You want to do well? Stop doing this stuff and start doing what he told us to do. You have abandoned the Lord, and you know what? Now he's abandoned you. This is pretty serious. Verse 21 then the leaders plotted to kill Zechariah. They're like, he's spoiling our party, okay? And King Joash, here it comes, ordered that they stone him to death in the courtyard of the temple. That was how King Joash repaid Jehoiada for his loyalty by killing his son. And I find myself in this position. I don't know about you, but as long as I got somebody whispering in my ear, hey, go do this, hey, go do that. See, that's, that's the way we function. And we learn to function like that at a very early age. We have parents telling us what to do. Got brothers and sisters maybe told us what to do. We got people whispering instructions to us saying, hey, this is something that you should do. This, Hey, let's go take some cookies. No way mom's going to catch us. She's not going to catch us. Let's go get cookies. And then you go get cookies and you get caught. And you know those moments? 
Let's cut school at, from stealing cookies to cutting school. And then into whatever various thing we choose to pick up to try and fix the ache that's deep inside of us. And we've all got one from somewhere. In fact, some of those aches often come from the very relationships I just mentioned. The aches and pains that come from parents and siblings and school. We start growing up. For me, I was called dummy, you know, because I got ADHD, and this is back in the day before they knew what to do with me, so they stuck me in, like, the special classroom, you know, because I can't focus, I can't concentrate, because I like ice cream for dinner, right? <laughs> so they don't know what to do with this cat, and so they go, well, he's just kind of special. They don't know what to do with me, you know? And, and I know what to do with me, just let me do what I do, you know? Don't tell me what to do. I know what I want to do. I knew early on that I was going to be a pastor because all of my report cards said, talks too much, talks too much, talks too much, talks too much, won't stop talking in class. I thought, I'm going to be a pastor, right? <laughs> but here's this thing. I try to cope with some of the decisions that I've made. Listen to this. And some of the decisions that have been made for me. Sometimes people are making those decisions for me. Or at least I want to keep them responsible for the decisions I've made. And so I point to the Jehoiada in my life. She said, he said, they said. But ultimately, I made that decision. Ultimately, I'm making some decisions in my life. I make choices. We all do. Probably the worst place to make those choices is by ourselves. We make a lot of choices alone. That, that's probably the worst one. The second worst one is what was happening here. Bad counselors. We talked about Rehoboam talking with his buddies. Hey, what do you guys think I had to do? Dude, they think your dad was bad? Be twice as bad. Be, you th just use it to tell them, you know what, man, you, your pinky, this, this is the wording they use, your pinky is bigger than your father's thigh. I mean, that was like war language for Bible days. I don't know, but, you know, that, that's what he says. You know, so he goes back and he goes, man, he says, you know what? Here, here's what Rehoboam said. Uh, my dad, he used whips on you. I'm going to beat you with scorpions. Again, that's, that's war talk in the Old Testament, Right? But this is what he says because he took bad counsel. He's listening to the wrong people. That's exactly what was happening with Joash. Can you imagine having your life saved? Someone saves your life. Many of us have been in that position. I've been in that place. I've had my life saved. I cannot imagine killing the child of the person who saved my life. That's how far bad choices go. Some of the things that Joash did, here, here's some of the stuff that was going on. There, people worshiped all kinds of stuff. We do too today. I mean, we look at the Bible and we say, you know, that doesn't really apply to us, but it really does. They, they just, they, you know, it mentions Asherah poles, and you're like, what the heck is Baal? You know, and you're like, what are they, what is that all about? We just worship different things. We worship our cars, we worship our houses, the stuff that we spend our money and time pampering and staring at most of the time that's us 
That's the stuff that we worship today. It's really easy to see what America worships when you go into another country. I've traveled around, I've traveled around in the world and been to uh, Africa, been to Israel, been to Australia, and you go to another country, been to Central America, you know, and you go into these other countries and you're like, wow, it's so easy to see what they worship. You go, oh man, these guys are so caught up in this. They're caught up in this or that, in different countries, right? Imagine for a moment, alien invasion, some, you know, Martian, you land in your front yard, looking for your leader, you know, right? And they land in your front yard, right? And they walk through your front door, and they come into your living room. What do they think you worship? Probably the TV. This is your leader, right? We found your leader, because everybody stares at this thing. So this must be your leader. you You just have to pull back for a moment, and you discover, for America, in America, one of the big idols, you know, that they're talking about Asherah poles and stuff. One of the big idols in America is food. I, I know, I know, that's one of my problem areas. Well, I had ice cream for dinner. It's huge. You just do yourself a favor. Go in your neighborhood and count the food establishments in a one-mile radius. And you'll find out what we worship here. It's food. But here, they're worshiping other stuff. These people were worshiping like idols, like, you know, they had to like make idols for harvest and make idols for rain. And, and so like, you know, you, you see it sometimes you go into like a, an Asian restaurant, you know, and they have a little Buddha, you know, up on the, on the shelf and they put a little thing of water up there and put some food up there for them. That, that's what they're doing. Well, the same thing was happening here. But for these, these gods that they worshiped, they required more than a little cup of water. They required life. And so oftentimes they would, people would have babies and then they would burn their babies to these gods so that they would get a good harvest or something. It was crazy stuff. Well, Jehoiada finds out about this because the grandmother was running the country for a while and he turns to Joash and he says, hey man, we ought to get rid of all those, all those temples and the foreign you know, gods that we all worship. That's not a good idea. And Joash goes, yeah, yeah, get rid of number one and two, and let's get rid of um, four and number seven and eight and nine. <laughs> you know, and Jehoiada's like, I think we should get rid of all of them. But he doesn't. Have you ever been in a place where you didn't get rid of everything? You know what I'm talking about? It's like I'm, I'm doing, I'm getting rid of the stuff in my life that's a hang-up. I'm getting, in the stuff in, getting rid of the stuff in my life that causes me to trip up. And I get rid of everything except, well, not this thing. Not, not this one. Can't we just, can I just, listen, this is the one I got from. Remember when we went on that trip and we got it and we were there and I remember I bought, I can't get rid of that one. So we hold on to this one little thing. Yeah, just this one. It's, and it's, look, at, look how much shelf space it takes up. I got rid of all the others. I'm just leaving one. That's what we do. Joash did the same thing. As soon as Jehoiada wasn't around, they got going. Says they started to worship all the other gods. As soon as Jehoiada dies, after Jehoiada's death, the leaders of Judah come and say, hey, Let's abandon the temple of the Lord and let's worship Asherah poles and idols instead. Okay. Because Joash left 
Number five, number seven, and number 10. But I got rid of one, two, three, and four. I got rid of six and seven and eight. I mean, not, I mean come on. I did a pretty good job cleaning house. How much is too much cleaning? Right? It's, it's the old thought of, you know, I got, I got a glass of water. You're thirsty. And I take a, a drop of blood that's tainted with AIDS. And I, well, just one drop. Just drink that. Heck no. Okay, watch. Watch this. Pour it all out. Fill it back up with water. Now drink it. Heck no. See, there's part of me that just goes, I don't know what's left in the cup still. You know what I mean? So how far do you think I would go before I drank water out of that glass? <laughs> I boil it, right? Steam it, fry it, put it in the oven, and then throw it away. I just get another glass. I just don't know. I often will tell my congregation, it's like going to the movies these days. And, you know, we see movies, and I, I offend my congregation all the time with this one. We go to the movies, and, and we watch this whole movie. go, oh, it's so good, except this one little scene. And I, I call that the poop in the brownie. Because we use like this refined sugar and it's the finest flowers and Ghirardelli chocolate and it's so, it's so good. And we just put a little tiny chihuahua poo in there. You know, just, just a little, and, it's, and you know, chihuahua poo is the smallest of poos and we're only using a little tiny bit of it. So it's okay. So we can watch this whole movie. This whole brownie was really good except for the little bit of chihuahua poo. Because it's only a little bit. And my question is, how little do you need to be affected by it? This is what we found out about Joash. Just a little tiny thing. First, here's Joash. He got used to listening to other people. He never really grew up. We often find ourselves in that place. We don't really grow up. When we grow up, we, we essentially have three stages to hit maturity. There is dependence, Okay? We're an infant, we're a baby, and we are dependent. I am dependent on you if you don't change me, feed me, clothe me, care for me, uh, you know, cover me, I will die. I am dependent on you. And then I turn two. <laughs> and everything changes. And I learned the word that you taught me, mine. Right? And I try and tie my own shoes, dress myself, feed myself, clothe myself, take care of myself. I don't need to go to bed now. I'm not tired. Well, just close your eyes. You don't need to go to sleep. Just close your eyes. <laughs> because I become independent. That's stage two. We go from dependent, catch that one, that's the first stage. And we go into independence. That's a right, and it's a right thing. People who don't move into that second stage, we call them codependent. They stay dependent too long. They need to move into independence to be properly healthy, to, be, to grow up, to be mature. So we enter this second stage and we learn how to care for ourselves. But that's not maturity. Most people leave out what true maturity is. Most people, we, we all enter in dependence. Some stay there too long. Most get to the second stage called independence. Some even stay there too long. So they refuse to marry, and I just I don't want people telling me what to do. 
you know? Why buy the cow when you can have milk for free kind of a thing, you know? That kind of, that kind of arrogant self-centeredness. That's the independent stage when you stay there too long. And a lot of people do. But true maturity is making sure that we're not codependent and we don't stay independent. It's this thing called interdependence. In other words, it's this. I need you now for this area, but I can handle this by myself. It's the ability to turn to someone and say, I can't do it. I need help. That's interdependence. We are dependent on one another. I need you. And you know what? As much as you don't want to admit it, and as much as it might be very frightening to some of you, you need me. We need each other. That, my friends, is true maturity. Moving from dependence to independence to interdependence. We need each other. We need to work with one another. You need to help me, and I need to help you. Not all the time. See, clearly, when I was dependent, I became independent. I know how to tie my shoes. I can dress myself. I can feed myself. So I don't need that now. I can do that by myself. But over here, I need you to walk with me. I need some help. Joe Ash never really grew up. He was codependent. He was codependent. He was stuck with Jehoiada. And when Jehoiada was gone, you know what he did? He just found somebody else to be codependent with. So he brought in his buddies. What should we do? I think we should kill Zechariah. Okay, let's kill Zechariah. What a doofus. The guy's a total doofus. He killed his brother. Unfortunately, a lot of this story, 2 Chronicles, 2 Kings, Joash, Jehoiada, the names have been changed to protect the guilty. It should be Marty. <laughs> Go ahead, insert your name here. Because it's what we do. I, I just need you to do this for me, that dependence thing. Come on, just do it. Tell me what to do. I don't know what to do in this area. Just, just make the decision for me. By the way, I'm, I'm, I'm imitating adults right there. <laughs> Anyone? Okay, thank you. <laughs> One person, the rest of you are liars. Okay, all right. And some of us are here. I'm not listening to anybody. I'm going to do what I want, when I want, how I want, where I want, with who I want, and I'm going to make my own decisions. That's a bad place, too. To be truly mature is to be interdependent. But you have to find wise counsel to do that. That's important. You've got to find wise counsel. And so here's Joe Ash, or Marty, making these decisions that other people are actually making for me because I'm afraid to be wrong, because I really want your approval. In fact, I'm craving your approval. Just tell me I'm okay. Tell me I'm, tell me I, I'm thinner today than I was yesterday. I mean, tell me something good about myself. I need it. And in that addiction, for approval and for, I, I gotta have that. We make all kinds of crazy decisions. Spend money we don't have. So it, it, it runs the full gamut. I don't wanna be Joe Ash. I don't think you do either. 
I don't want to be this guy, but I find myself in his position a lot, and it irritates me. I irritate me. I go, what was I thinking? Oh, I wasn't. I was letting them think for me. Now listen, there's, first Bible says, if you want to get a, a great chapter, it's one of the longest chapters in the Bible. It's called Psalm 119. It, and it's all about the wisdom that's written in this book. You don't know how to handle your finances? Check here. Are you unsure about how to handle a relationship? Check here. You don't know what to do about your marriage? Check here. How about your job? Check here. Parenting? Check here. What is it that you're lacking today? Check here. You haven't, you're stuck somewhere? Check here. You'll get unstuck. So there, this is the answer to everything that's our problem. The unfortunate part is we're checking this last. I'm going I'm to take, take a little chance here. If we're checking it at all. Sorry. That, that's, this is one of my problems. I'm smart enough. I don't need the Bible to tell me what to do. I know what to do in that situation. I'm not stupid. Okay. It's a problem. I want to end tonight with just one verse. Two verses, actually. And if you're in your Bible, 2 Chronicles chapter 25. This is where I don't want to go. Listen. <laughs> I've been shepherding for a long time. I've been a pastor a long time. I love, I love the church in all of its mess. I love the mess of the church. I like that the church is not neat and clean. I really do. It threw my staff off the first time we were in the bathroom and somebody had tagged one of the walls and they were like, oh man, we gotta do this. I'm like, yeah, but that means somebody was here who would tag a church. I mean, who thinks of that? I mean, they're going to have to pay the price. They'd tag God's property. You wouldn't catch me even thinking about that. But I'm like, yay. The problem is it just doesn't affect me. Watch what happens in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 25. Amaziah is Joash's son. He's 25 years old when he becomes king and he reigns in Jerusalem 29 years and his, ma and his mother was Jehoiadin from Jerusalem. Here it comes, verse two. Amaziah did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, but not wholeheartedly. That's what we pass on. And you know what? I don't want to pass that on. That's, that's what my life of compromise passes on to people around me. And specifically in this particular case, onto my children. I just don't want to do it. I don't think you do either. So we're going to have to figure out how to make that happen. And that's coming here and going, God, I'm going to need your instructions because they're higher than mine. Your ways are higher than mine. Your thoughts are higher than mine. Why don't you show me how to do this? Because my marriage is what it is because I've been in control of it. And this little ring doesn't help me all the time. I wish it did. I wish it had like superpowers. Ta-da! You know, it doesn't. So I have to seek him out. I think we need to seek him out. We're going to. We're going to do it in song. Here's an option for you as we go into worship. Come on up here, worship team. As we go into that, you have an option. You could sit here and go, oh, those are cool words. Oh, I've never heard this one before. Or you can stop and go, how do I, how do I get into that? How do I let that come, not just in me, but through me? It's a tough one.
Let's pray. Lord, you are good. We see it. There's witness to it all over our lives. If we look close enough, we can see your fingerprints touching everywhere. So I ask in the name of Jesus tonight as we worship you. God, we come to worship you. These songs are for you because the Bible tells us that the Father is searching for those who would worship him. And right here tonight, there are some who will say, I'll do it. If you're searching, search no more. Here I am. And so we choose these songs and we say, you know what? We dedicate this time to you, not to us. We've spent all day doing that. The, the whole day has been centered on my thoughts and my ways and what I want to do and how I want to do it. And this moment right here, we're going to focus on what you want. You want people who will worship you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name, let it be so. Let it be done. <laughs>